Thank you for listening to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. For copyright and disclaimers, as well as information about how to contact the iCritical Care staff, please listen to the notice at the end of this podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 13th, 2009, and I'm your host, Dr. Richard Savell. On today's podcast, we're going to be speaking about the Critical Care Leadership Network. This is a regional critical care initiative in the metropolitan New York City area that is co-sponsored by the Greater New York Hospital Association as well as the United Hospital Fund. Our guest today is one of the founding members of the CCLN, Dr. Vladimir Kvetan, MD, FCCM. Dr. Kvetan is currently Director of Critical Care at Montefiore Medical Center in New York City, where he is a professor of medicine and anesthesia at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, also in New York City. Thank you so much, Dr. Fetton, for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Savell. Um, I thought we'd begin by allowing you to have an opportunity to discuss a bit of the background of the Critical Care Leadership Network, perhaps discussing maybe when the project got started and, and how, uh, how it grew into what it is today. Thank you. Uh, the New York metropolitan area, which we define as New York City, uh, consisting of five boroughs and Long Island, for purposes of this discussion, is uh, home of a number of medical schools and many large academic medical centers as well as small urban and suburban hospitals. Uh, the Greater New York Hospital Association and United Hospital Fund have been very supportive uh, through the administrative offices of the CEOs of the hospital to implement the best practice standards. But about three years ago, a decision was made to uh, accelerate the process of improving collaboration uh, in critical care medicine. The organizations have collaborated well with the Health and Hospital Corporation uh, system of 11 hospitals, which uh, uh, did a very effective uh, collaborative uh, on uh, improvement of standards of critical care under Dr. Scott Collins and subsequently took on the regional collaboratives of some 30 hospitals dealing with uh, CLABS and subsequently with the uh, rapid response systems. The Critical Care Leadership Network was uh, an idea uh, organized by the leadership of the, uh, CC of the uh, Greater New York Hospital to function as an um, uh, umbrella organizations for all projects dealing with critical care. And um, you were saying they, they sort of came to you to try and bring together uh, regional critical care leaders throughout the metropolitan area to enhance, you were saying, both um, patient safety initiatives as well as, well as education? As you know, the this is not an original idea, obviously, and uh, many other urban uh, areas have uh, 
fielded a regional uh, collaboratives uh, such as Cleveland, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle, uh, some of which were supported by NIH grants looking at specific disease outcomes, some of which left with pay for, for, uh, pay for performance uh, changes, uh, some of which simply led to community consensus in approaches to life and death. Uh, our goal was more different and more general was to inc to realize that we had some of the best intensive care physicians and teams working in New York City side by side with minimal collaboration and some 32 training programs which had minimal interactions and we felt that we could reach an exponential improvement. Um, I'd, I'd like to talk more later on about some of the exciting challenges and some of the important projects that you've done um, and helped to coordinate as, as part of this. But um, I think for the for the listeners of SCCM, maybe if you could explain for a couple of minutes what these sponsoring agencies are. The Greater New York Hospital Association and the United Hospital Fund, it can often be um, confusing. I know that, uh, like Dr. Pronovost worked with the Michigan Hospital Association on, on the Keystone Project, so if you could talk about that. The Greater Hospital... Association is an advocacy group for protecting our patient care and teaching resources in New York and introducing the cutting-edge advances in care from the outside. United Hospital Fund as a partner organization, in addition, is able to provide funding grants uh, for uh, small, worthy projects and organizational resources as well. And um, they, they helped organize, I guess, some meeting spaces and, and things like that to help bring people together? Uh, the whole point of CCLN was to organize all intensivists in New York metropolitan area to function as non-paid volunteers, to volunteer their time from the full professors and chairmen uh, all the way down to the junior fellows to uh, show the best uh, that we have in terms of systems and uh, disease uh, care to each other, form collaboratives to compare data and compare our regional uh, performances. Uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you was when you were first starting up uh, this, getting a, a large number of, of senior uh, critical care uh, people in the room, how, um, how challenging was it to try and come up with an agenda or what were going to be the first projects? Or uh, Can you talk about that? Uh, one of the trickiest part was obviously to form the steering committee which uh, fortunately we picked the correct uh, partners for uh, starting with the uh, president of St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital who subsequently became uh, uh, the Commissioner of Health of State of New York where he and his medical director, Dr. John Morley, have been very supportive of our activity, both on IRB waiver levels and uh, coming to the meetings, down to very senior uh, presidents of societies such as Dr. Phil Barry, Mark uh, for SCCM, 
Mark Rosen for ACCP, senior anesthesia people such as Rob Sladen and many very highly effective fellowship program directors or ICU directors of national stature. Uh, uh, Included, of course, were nurses such as Dr. Dilworth from NYU, who was the chief of uh, critical care nursing there, and Janet McHenry, who's the head of the palliative care team at uh, our institution. So again, focusing on the inherent multidisciplinary nature of critical care. Absolutely. Um, The the next... um, part of the podcast that I'd like to discuss with you, I, I think is some, some of the exciting and important work um, that you've done as part of this group and helped to, to spearhead uh, in terms of both quality improvement issues at the regional level and educational issues. And if you'd like to take a few minutes and discuss some of these uh, issues, that Absolutely. would be great. The first uh, issue was to highlight and partially to defend uh, the uh, support for our uh, educational efforts in our critical care fellowship programs uh, to the governmental uh, agencies by providing volunteer symposia every two months, which uh, are attended by 200 to 500 attendees, uh, basically free of charge. Uh, with non-paid faculty. These uh, topics were developed by consensus of the fellowship program directors. And to make it uh, brief, uh, the major items which we felt we could accomplish Mm -hmm. were, number one, uh, standardize the training uh, in critical care, ultrasonography and echocardiography, for all uh, critical care fellows. Um, There are 104 fellows graduating annually in New York City Metro. Uh, And this project was uh, executed by Dr. Paul Mayo together with Lou Eisen and uh, Jose Yunan from our institution. This has now standardized and improved care uh, in an environment where invasive hemodynamics is uh, slowly moving away. And we are on our third uh, citywide training program. The second topic... And, and just to, to expand about that, because I think that's so important, is you actually invite fellows from throughout the area to come Absolutely. through this course, right? All, f- all f- first-year fellows are invited uh, and trained for three to four days, 12 hours a day, free of charge. Each participating hospital uh, contributes two faculty and two ultrasound and cardiac echo machines free of charge. The so only you're really expense, raising the bar on what, what it means to be leaving uh, a critical care fellowship absolutely. in the area. And the only expense which the uh, uh, Greater New York Hospital and UHF uh, bear is to provide the training facility and to rent the uh, human models which function as the training material. And and in terms of feedback, I assume the feedback from the fellows throughout the area? The The feedback has been excellent and the data is being collected uh, for uh, publications over the years on improved performance of these physicians. 
the second uh, uh, program, which uh, was uh, spearheaded by Dr. Stefan Meyer, one of the leaders of neurocritical care in the United States, who heads the Columbia University Presbyterian Hospital Neuro ICU, was on cerebral therapeutic hypothermia. Uh, this meeting was so well received and attended by all the leadership of the New York City Fire Department and Emergency Services that by January 1, uh, we have a very effective collaborative on uh, therapeutic hypothermia as a partnership between emergency medicine services uh, headed by, uh, on the medical level by Dr. David Prezan and Dr. John Rees and uh, the critical care and cardiology resources in all New York hospitals. Well, I ju- and I just wanted to follow up on that. I mean, this is a really big deal. You, you, from the offshoot of this group led to this interface between regional critical care leaders and the fire department leading to this article that was just in the New York Times emphasizing really changing the way healthcare is delivered from the field and interfacing with hospitals because of this group, right? Uh, absolutely. And the amazing thing is it actually doesn't cost a lot of money. It's simply opening the doors and looking at each other as friends and partners rather than competitive entities in New York City. The next effort was to bring in the best administrators and best models of critical care practice, which is quite heterogeneous in New York, and deal with some of the press uh, which dealt with uh, some of the uh, issues of length of stay and utilization of consults in New York. So here focusing in on, on issues like throughput and optimizing some of the administrative issues in critical Absolutely, care. Absolutely, and to develop and collect the data on the best functioning systems available in New York. The next program, uh, this, uh, by the way, the administrative program was attended by a number of senior people from the Department of Health and who are quite interested in uh, keeping this very expensive uh, part of medicine uh, working efficiently. The next uh, program was headed by Dr. Judy Nelson from Mount Sinai, who is a world expert on palliative and critical care, who has been uh, extremely effective. Uh, and I think that there is now quite a number of intensivists in New York Metro who are crossing over to palliative care practice and balancing their practice between the two. And it also, a forum like this allows uh, critical care leaders in the different parts of the city to, to share their experiences and find out some of the New York City specific problems that we may be having in terms of end of life and throughput, right? Correct, and I will, at the end, uh, discuss the uh, objective uh, data collection, which has been facilitated by Greater New York and United Hospital Fund and Department of Health. The next thing that the fellowship directors felt was crucial is to field an annual training program Uh, of uh, cardiac surgery, ICU, and uh, coronary care, ICU management for 
internists uh, or pulmonary uh, critical care physicians or uh, physicians from other specialties that do critical care in the cardiac intensive care units. This has been very effective and it's really driven by people such as uh, Dr. Robert Sladen from Columbia uh, University who has their uh, fantastic cardiac ICU and Dan Goldstein from our institution, head of heart transplant. And I had a I had an opportunity to go to that, and it's very helpful because uh, not every place may have the the volume of, of cardiac critical care to really make sure the fellows get that experience in a structured format. For better or for worse, a very large percentage of intensive care in United States are either cardiac surgery or coronary care, and as you know. New York now took the first step where general internists are being employed by cardiology to function as critical care directors of coronary care units, which is a pioneering program at one of our largest academic institutions. Sorry, and you were going to discuss one more aspect. And the last program of the bi-monthly series that the fellowship directors recommended was a very much in-depth training in surgical critical care for medical uh, intensivists and burn critical care for the same, which has been headed up by Dr. Joe Cook, the co-chair of the CCLN, and Dr. John McNellis, who has taken a very prominent role and who is presenting some of our preliminary research data at uh, the SCCM Symposium in Nashville. So one of the other um, exciting parts of your project has been focusing on regional quality improvement, and the next part is something I've had an opportunity to take part in now in multiple hospitals, which is your 24-hour snapshot. And if you'd like to take a few minutes and discuss that, that would be terrific. Okay. Uh, The... Issue with critical care in New York Metro is that we really had no idea what it was. The practice was poorly defined, was very heterogeneous, and there was no objective data that we could present and discuss, and through which we could target specific issues for correction. So... Uh, Department of Health did authorize us to conduct a 24-hour annual survey, which started in 2007, and now it's heading into its third uh, survey. Uh, On the average of about 65 uh, hospitals do participate, uh, about 130 intensive care units altogether. Uh, somewhere between uh, 1,800 and 2,000 patients and entered uh, great detail uh, in terms of administrative and uh, funding and resource management structure on the institutional level and also the patient uh, clinical information is gathered de-identified and managed by a dedicated PhD uh, who's in charge of the server in the Greater New York Hospital uh, uh, headquarters. Um, And so uh, maybe if you could talk for a few minutes about some of your exciting findings from your uh, now, I guess, multi-year regional critical care snapshot. 
Well, the first thing was to develop the tool. Uh, now, we did a very large survey of all uh, 24-hour survey studies published over the last 25 years or so. And we have included many of the uh, first or co-authors of those studies, including Dr. Uh, Neil Halpern, Dr. Pastores, Dr. Groger, and others in New York Metro to help us develop the appropriate tool and eliminate the unnecessary question. This is a lot of work for the nursing and medical director of HIC to collect. Uh, other initiatives were reviewed for their data collection, such as the Coleco and CLIP and the TICU projects. And uh, the data was then uh, completely de-identified, presented in a uh, conglomerate form in great detail to the CCLN, but distributed to all membership hospitals and personally delivered to the CEOs of each hospital. So okay. there was direct administrative feedback for the project, Absolutely. Right? Part of this success of this is that the chief executive officers of each hospital did sign an agreement with the Greater New York Hospital Association, UHF, to support the critical care effort to reach the highest level of care and to define the data and point out the weaknesses where the money should be objectively spent. Uh, and this ranges from uh, simple things like how many patients uh, with tracheostomies are remaining in the ICU for how many days all the way to what are the barriers to highest quality comfort and palliative care, uh, to allocation of time uh, to, to ICU patients remaining in the recovery rooms, and search capacity in the emergency rooms. And so, from what I understand, you chose a you you chose a particular day in April where all the different directors and nurse directors and physician directors entered in data about what was going on in their particular ICU, right? Uh, this is usually done on April fifteenth for twenty four hours. It's not a pleasant day, uh, but uh, the uh, it's fully computerized and secure. The data are de-identified and in a conglomerate form available to the network leaders, such as the 11 HHC hospitals or the 21 New York Presbyterian hospitals, or to individual CEOs of individual hospitals if they choose to uh, use that to manage their hospital critical care resources. And uh, excitingly for the listeners, we're going to do a Critical Care Leadership Network podcast part two with Dr. McNillis to actually go over some of the important details of these uh, important uh, daily critical care snapshots. Dr. Kvetin, I thought we'd let you conclude by talking about what your vision for the future of this regional critical care initiative is. Well, first of all, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, these kind of programs we've been running together 
in a sort of an uncoordinated fashion for about, uh, I would say, 15 years, uh, the New York Academy of Sciences and Medicine. The Greater New York Hospital Association, UHF, contributed a very aggressive organi organizational structure, dedicated data analysis resource with a PhD and a server, and a website, which is the Jenny website, which has the CCLN section to which all members uh, can sign on and uh, present ideas or contribute data or ideas. The uh, interest over the next year will be focused on continuing some of the effective programs from previous year. We just did another major ultrasound course, which was attended by 42 first-year fellows. Uh, we will uh, repeat the cardiac uh, intensive care program to which the only non-New Yorker is invited. Please remember that all faculty fellows and probably attendees are New Yorkers uh, under the uh, Five Borough and uh, Long Island umbrella. Uh, but uh, the important uh, things that will be coming up next year is a consensus conference in critical care where many of the controversies will be discussed in the typical aggressive, in-your-face New York style, which should be very entertaining. Um, I was going to ask you this. I think it's off the topic, but you know how they say in New York, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Do you have any advice for people who... Uh, critical care leaders and other parts of the country that might be trying to start up a project like this, things that have been more challenging than you thought they would be, things that worked well, uh, just as sort of a concluding comment. One of the lessons we learned that we should stop looking to others for leadership and start trusting ourselves and our friends and neighbors, even though we are competing with them economically, in this field, we broke down the barriers, okay? The, uh, there are a lot of resources out there. You just simply have to find them and you, uh, use them and have them use you for the appropriate purposes. The major issues that obviously New York City will be facing is a rational response in terms of search capacity, the rational response in terms of the burnout risk of the critical care workforce and distribution of manpower throughout our state uh, to the benefit of this population, as well as ultimately the appropriate care for the survivors of intensive care episode in terms of their chronic uh, syndromes. Yeah, I know that uh, that surge capacity and, and terrorism issues are longstanding interests of yours. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. And first and last, I would also like to express the admiration and great thanks to the people from the Greater New York Hospital Association and United Hospital Funds, uh, specifically to Terry Straub and Zeynep Samaer from the Greater New York Hospital Association QI section and from uh, uh, Greater New York Hospital Association UHF, uh, specifically uh, Hillary Jalon. These three have been the heart and soul of this project by trusting in the physicians to do the right thing. 
We've, um, we've had a tremendous opportunity today to be speaking with Dr. Vladimir Kvetan, who is currently Director of Critical Care at Montefiore Medical Center, where he's a professor uh, at Albert Einstein Medical College here in New York City, and we've been discussing the Critical Care Leadership Network in the metropolitan New York City area. I know you're very busy. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. This concludes our podcast for Tuesday, January 13th, 2009. Look for future podcasts featuring a wide variety of information important to critical care practitioners, including interviews with authors and discussions with prominent members of the critical care community. Critical Care Medicine is the official journal of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, offering the latest information about critical care to healthcare professionals. For more information, visit www.sccm.org. For the iCritical Care Podcast, I'm Dr. Richard Civell. The iCritical Care Podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. Your host is the Society's Associate Editor for Podcasts, Richard Savell, MD, FCCM. Dr. Savell is the Medical Co-Director of the Surgical Intensive Care Unit at Montefiore Medical Center in New York City, practicing under the leadership of Vladimir Kavetin, MD, FCCM. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care Podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email I critical care at sccm.org or info at sccm.org. The best way to make sure you are prepared for the critical care boards is by attending the adult and pediatric multi-professional review courses, MCCRC, at the Society's Critical Care Academy. Critical Care Academy will be held at the historic Hilton San Francisco in California from July 12th to 18th, 2009. Critical Care Academy is designed for practitioners who are preparing for the critical care subspecialty exams, as well as those seeking review of and updates on critical care. Critical Care Academy also will feature the American Board of Internal Medicine, ABIM, Critical Care Self-Evaluation Process, SCP, Module Review as a Precourse. Learn more at www.sccm.org.